There's something about being working women and moms that throws us in the trenches. We hustle hard at home and at work so that no one has to skip a beat. Everyone except us. Our health, our needs, our time, our energy, and let's be real, our struggles that leave us feeling like we live on an island. I get real with open and vulnerable conversations with other women who are in the weeds just like us. Real women, relatable stories, unbelievable inspiration. This is Solidarity Sister. So... Here we are again. <laughs> um, I am actually recording this podcast on my iPhone. I'm holding a baby and my other one is napping. And honestly, I've been really struggling to get around to this episode because we had a crazy week. The dog had surgery. Sage, my youngest, was went to the ER. Everything's good, but went to the ER over one night and I just like haven't felt super motivated to do it and be real honest with you guys. And so my podcast manager is probably going to be mad at me because I'm doing this on my phone, (laughs) but desperate times, desperate measures. So I had an entirely different topic planned for today and decided to scrap what I originally was going to bring to you guys this week and move in a new direction, mainly because it was something that I feel like was heavy on my heart. So I wanted to A, share that with you all, and B, just open the doors for anybody else who may be feeling this way to let you know that you're not alone and what you're feeling is completely normal. But today I want to talk through mourning something that we've lost. And I don't mean like, you know, going through the grieving process of losing a loved one or, you know, losing a job or something like that. I'm I'm talking more along the lines of when you create an experience of what you think something's going to be like or what you are hoping something is going to be like, and then it turns out to be something else entirely, be that good or bad. And I think sometimes we have, I know you've probably heard of the term toxic positivity, like always just trying to look for the positive and do our best. And while of course I am a proponent of always trying to put our best foot forward and be a motivator to you all in this community, like there are times where that's just not possible. There are times where that is just not the case. When you just need to feel your feelings. You just need to sit in it for a minute um, and have permission to do that. Um, so I wanted to give you all some examples of times, you know, of late that I have felt those ways. And if you follow me at all on on um, Instagram or what have you or Facebook, I've been pretty pretty open about both of these scenarios and what they have felt like for me actually three of these scenarios now that I think about it, um, all surrounding being a mom and how I came to be a mom. And I just want to give other moms permission that have gone through similar stages or seasons in their life to to feel the way that they feel um, because what your, your feelings are valid. Your feelings are valid. So, you know, the first kind of thing in my life here in the past few years of having since becoming a mom that I kind of had to mourn, you know, and and grieve in a way is the experience of um, how I brought my kiddos into the world. So uh, Mara was breech 
And I found that out at about 32 weeks and did all the things to try and turn her. And I also was not in a good place spiritually then. So I felt like I I was trying to control the situation a lot more than what needed to be done and not just letting God be God. But I, you know, she was breached. And so, you know, long story short, my blood pressure uh, sort of went up towards the end. I wasn't in my healthiest position in life. And I um, had a C-section just because she was, um, my blood pressure had gone up and it was time to deliver and she hadn't, she hadn't turned yet. And with Sage, I tried to do a VBAC. I, I, you know, I'm a fast rate fat loss coach. I have my own health journey and I just am really cognizant of like holistic health methods and all those other things and try to get myself really in a good spot to try and be back with him. And my blood pressure was slowly starting to creep up. And so I was doing all the things to help try and keep it down. I was, but I was still moving my body and, and listening to my body and was trying to do some of the natural things to induce labor. And while those things worked, I just never progressed. We actually, when I was, I went to the, back and forth to the hospital three different times thinking that my head progressed more than I had. And each time it was like maybe a centimeter, like I was still just at one centimeter dilated. And the pain was just indescribable. And you know what we know now is that it wasn't just contractions. I apparently had COVID. <laughs> I um, tested positive when I went in. I was asymptomatic. Um, and there was some pain happening that they just couldn't explain. And they, they are pretty certain that my uterus was rupturing before it was all said and done with some of the induction methods that they were using. I got to about seven centimeters and then they gave me the choice. Do you want to proceed or do you want to go ahead and and have the c-section and while I didn't want it that's what we opted for 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 his safety and for mine so sage came into the world pretty tumultuously as well and was via c-section and um, both of those for me you know Mars was a lot harder because I was a control freak I'm a planner as you know I like being organized I like having my ducks in a row and I wasn't able to do that I had this plan for this natural birth and it wasn't that at all. It was the complete opposite. And I had to really mourn that. Like I went through a depression period, honestly, before she was born because I just really, I really wanted to experience that. As stupid as it sounds, my whole pregnancy was sage. I just told people that I wanted to experience a contraction because I didn't have one. I wanted maybe my water to break. And even if I didn't make it all the way through, you know, I still wanted to experience some of those things. And, you know, fast forward, I'm so blessed that I did. Um, I got to experience some of those, those feelings and, you know, get close to, to being able to have him naturally. But then it just didn't work out that way. That wasn't his plan. And that was really hard for me to stomach because I really thought that I had set myself up really well to not have another C-section, I truly didn't believe that that was going to be the case. Um, I felt really positive about it not being the case. And then when it actually did happen and the recovery was so much worse because of how long I attempted a labor with, with him on my own, plus the C-section and whatever, you know, happened, ended up happening with my uterus rupturing, all of that stuff. I just, I was so defeated and so down and I just really mourned not being able to see the whole thing through. Um, so both my birth experiences ended up being not what I wanted them to be. And it's not about me. I know that. But those are things I had to kind of grieve 
because you think of how it's going to be when you are younger and you're, you know, you go to be a mom and you see all the things on TV and, and you have friends that have absolutely no problem and you just feel kind of alone. And even though you know there are other women that have gone through the same thing, just people don't talk about it as openly. So it's hard to know that it's okay to be upset about those things. You think you just have to put on this face. So that's, you know, one thing that's always been heavy on my heart that I've I've come to peace with mostly because it's part of our story as a family, but there are things that I had to grieve through. The other piece of that is, I've talked about this before, my breastfeeding journey, you know, fed is best and whatever anybody does, if whatever works for their family, I'm all for it. But again, I had this picture in my head with Mara, oh, this was going to be so simple and she was going to latch just fine, no big deal, I was going to have plenty of milk. Well, didn't latch, had a tongue tie problem, had to get it revised. I just would not produce milk, tried and tried all the things, would not go. And so we supplemented from day one, essentially. And there was a lot of shame and guilt. And I, again, mourned not being able to do that. It was really hard for me to see other people just do it with ease and you know, not that it was supposed to be super simple, but just be able to do it at all would have been great. So I had to mourn that too. And then again, I thought I was going to be smooth sailing with Sage because the second time around I knew what I was doing. It was going to be great. Literally the exact same issues. And I just even at that point said, okay, I'm not going to nurse him. I'm just going to pump. And, you know, that ended up helping us when he went into the hospital when he got sick. But I, again, had this kind of vision of the second one just being so simple with breastfeeding because I learned all the things before and I had to kind of grieve through the fact that it wasn't going to be near what I thought and I wasn't going to have that experience really at all because I'm not having any more kids. So it's, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow sometimes if you've again built these, these ideas of how things are or should be in your head and then they don't happen and you see everyone else around you kind of having success in those areas or or what you would call success, it's hard. It's a hard thing. And then finally, I think the one that's been weighing on me most heavy here recently is, you know, with Sage's, you know, medical diagnosis, just with, you know, he, he got sick with bacterial meningitis and we were in the PICU here in Indianapolis at Riley for 37 days. And he has a couple ancillary things that have happened due to some of the scar tissue that from the meningitis that we just have to give meds for and monitor. And he's a complex kiddo. There's no, there's no way around that. And, you know, it was hard when we were in the hospital because the first couple months of life, you know, they're doing all these things. They're like, they're starting to roll and they're making sounds and they're, they're smiling and all this stuff. And I really just, I grieved so much just not being able to experience those things with him, like, and not have as many pictures on my phone of him doing these fun things. And, you know, even now when we're home, you know, in the moment where I'm home with them and we've got a routine, everything's fine. And then when you go out in the, into the world or you're around other people and, and you see their babies and they're fine and they talk about, you know, the normal problems of not sleeping through the night and not really taking a bottle, but only wanting to nurse and all these other things. And my problems are that I have to make sure he keeps his medicine down when I'm feeding him through a tube that goes through his nose every time he eats. I mean, you know, it's hard to relate and you, I find myself grieving quote unquote normal time with him. Well, 
And while I know, and I wanted to touch on this because while I know I should be grateful, while I know it could be so much worse, it's really hard in the moment to always just be positive, to always look at the bright side. When I know that's what I need to do, like I know like there's more to life here and I should be, and I should be so thankful and happy. It's hard to, to not find yourself in those moments of mourning what you thought should be and feel kind of robbed of the things that you wanted to experience with your child or as a mom or whatever your situation may look like. So, you know, I feel like I continually kind of have to grieve some of those because he's just developmentally a little bit behind, mainly because, you know, he was in an ICU for over a month. I mean, he had a month's worth of just not being able to do anything. So it's, you know, to be expected that would happen to the best of us. But it's just hard. It's hard nonetheless. So I wanted to encourage anyone who's going through a similar season or has gone through a similar season as a mom coming into motherhood or any dealing with any, you know, not dealing is the wrong word, but navigating, I guess, any special needs that your kiddo may have, that it's okay to feel the way you feel. Your feelings are valid. And of course, you should always look for the positive and and stay motivated to be positive and pray through it and find your strength in that way. And um, just always look to the, the small win, just like we say in the faster way, any win, progress over perfection, like just hold on to those small moments, the wins. Of course, that's true. But that doesn't mean that these 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 moments where you're mourning or grieving what should have been won't happen. And it's okay. It's okay to feel that. It's okay because that makes you're human. You're human and you're never going to be perfect 24 seven and just let that go right now because it's just not going to happen. And that's all right. So I wanted to share my heart with you all today in this week's episode and just give honestly some solidarity to any uh, other moms who may be feeling the same way or going through something similar and just know that you're not alone. And um, I'm always here for an open and honest conversation about any of these topics and yeah, I hope you guys enjoy your week and I love to hear, tag me on Instagram or let me know how you're navigating some of these seasons that you may be in because there's just so much more strength when we know that there are other people going through it too. So I'll be chatting with you all soon. 